You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wise, Sherry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, J.T. Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Sanderson, Robin Mom, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Matthew Farrell back on the show with me today. Uh, it's been a couple of years since uh, we chatted with Matthew. The last time he was on the show, his book, What Have You Done?, was out uh, and... You, you know, just broke everybody's mind uh, when when that book came out. And, uh, you know, that's when I became a huge Matthew Farrell fan. Uh, since then, he started a new series. It's called the Adler and Dwyer series. Book two is out now. Tell me the truth. Uh, if you uh, if you caught last year's release, don't ever forget, then you know that this uh, this series is really heating up to be something special and uh, happy to have you back today. Matthew, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Good to talk to you again. Absolutely. Um, Matthew, I don't don't know if you've paid any attention uh, the last year, year and a half or so, but uh, the world's been kind of weird um, for the last little bit. How has uh, how has the uh, the pandemic and uh, lockdowns and, and all of that stuff? How, how have you fared? Um, thankfully, friends and family are OK. Um, you know, everybody knows somebody who's been affected by it one way or another, but for the most part, we've been okay. Um, I've written two books during the pandemic. Uh, one was tell me the truth, which just got released. And another one is, um, you know, being edited as we speak. Uh, so I was able to kind of keep sane during everything by just kind of throwing myself into my work and um, escaping for a few hours a day into the world that I had control over creating, which was uh, kind of therapeutic for me. I know a lot of authors out there that, you know, they couldn't kind of, you know, get their mind right into the writing mode during uh, such an uncertain time. But for me, I was completely opposite. I threw myself into my work to try to escape it. And, and we got two books out of it. That's fantastic. You know, uh, I've I've talked with a lot of people since uh, since then. And, um, you know, for most writers, uh, you know, we work from home and, uh, uh, you know, we're we're our daily routine doesn't necessarily involve going out into the world and uh, and doing uh, all of the things that that a lot of people that commute back and forth to work and and all that have to deal with, and so on the surface, it would seem like that uh, you know a global pandemic wouldn't affect writers very much, but there's 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 a certain mental aspect uh, to it that uh, that a lot of people have been dealing with. Um, have you felt any of the the mental pressures, uh, you know, that of of what all's going on? Um. Uh, yes, I mean, of course, there was, you know, especially in the beginning, there was such a general uncertainty uh, of everything. I mean, we had, um, you know, manufacturing shutting down, cities were shutting down, the country was shutting down. You know, in the very beginning, I have pictures where my wife would go to the supermarket and there would be, you know, aisles of food or supplies or whatever that just were gone. And so, you know, that's so 
different from what we're used to just especially you know in america just being able to get what we want when we want um and to have that taken away so suddenly was definitely you know kind of it, it affected your psyche somewhat and i think that's why i was able to so readily escape into my books was just to kind of get away from all of that uncertainty and chaos and kind of go into a world where you know i had complete control over what happened when uh, it was kind of therapeutic for me um yeah i mean very very scary times and you know slowly coming out of it and i think we're you know trying to get back to normal as much as we can now um but yeah extremely uncertain times and it was just very hard to to live day to day during the especially during the beginning when we really didn't know what tomorrow brought with the uh the adler and dwyer series that you're writing now your your publisher is thomas and mercer uh who is uh uh owned by amazon uh and and there's so many uh, you know i've heard so many great stories about working with uh with amazon's various uh uh publishing houses that that they own and you know the the unique position that you're put in as as an uh, a thomas and mercer author and a lot of the benefits that are kind of built into to being in that house um how 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 has your publisher been throughout all this? I know things are opening back up and the world's kind of getting back to normal now, but um, what was it like working with your publisher during all that? Um, to be honest with you, it was kind of business as usual, other than the fact that, you know, my editors and the, and the in-house publicists were working from home. Um, they were very accessible. We did everything through, you know, emails and, and phone calls, which we do normally anyway. Uh, Thomas and Mercer's on the West Coast and I'm in New York. So we're used to working like that, you know, sure. anyway. And, um, you know, aside from the fact that everyone was working from home, it was pretty seamless. Um, the editing process uh, went through three rounds of edits for Tell Me the Truth. And, um, you know, that was done, you know, in a timely manner. Everything stuck to the schedule. Everyone was very, very accessible, willing to hop on a call if needed. Um, so I didn't really see much of a change, to be honest with you. It was, uh, you know, business as usual as far as I'm concerned. That's fantastic. Um, with Tell Me the Truth, um, this is the second book in the Adler and Dwyer series. Um, when you when you wrote the first book uh, that was out last year, Don't Ever Forget, um, did you have any inkling that these characters were going to uh, kind of have the legs that they that they have? So it was interesting. I wrote my first book, What Have You Done, as a standalone, and that had um, William uh, Liam Dwyer as a character in it. Uh, then I wrote my second book, I Know Everything, uh, as a standalone, which had Susan Adler uh, in it as the main character. And at the very end of I Know Everything, um, she meets um, Liam, and that was kind of just a I kind of just threw that in for the fans that read the first book and loved it so much. Not thinking that they would team up, not thinking it would be anything more than just, you know, if a fan read the first book, they'd be like, oh, there's Liam again. And that would be the end of that. And I really felt like the Susan character had more to say. I just loved her as a character. I love the fact that, um, you know, she's a strong woman who's balancing between you know her her work life and her home life with her young children and she's uh, recently unexpectedly uh separated from her husband and you know i just like the authenticity of her as a character and i felt like she had more to say 
So I created Don't Ever Forget and decided to kind of take the first two books and blend the two characters and team them up in the third, which was the first of the Adler and Dwyer series. And um, I really liked the way it turned out. And we decided to make a, a second book of it, which is Tell Me the Truth, which just got released. And um, I think they work really, really well together. They've both been, um, you know, if you read their origin stories in the first two books I've written, you know, they're they're both, you know, had to go through some stuff personally and come out the other end. And, you know, although they're stronger from the experience, they're also very scarred from it. Uh, so they bring their own baggage to their relationship and and, and working together. You know, they kind of see similarities in, in each other and it, it forms a tighter friendship and a tighter partnership as the series goes on. When when you're writing um, characters that aren't necessarily connected, um, do you feel that, you know, as you're writing the story, do do some characters tend to pair up for for lack of a better term uh or is it more of you know a determination from you in the beginning you know i'm going to make a team of these people um like how how does that reveal itself to you great question um i think that i think that the idea of liam and susan meeting at the end of i know everything um, although for me, it was kind of just a, you know, a little Easter egg for the fans that read the first book, yeah. um, I seed was planted without me even knowing it. And the more I thought about it, the more I said, you know, they would make a pretty decent team and that would be fun, um, to kind of pair them up and, you know, because they, they were through some, some trauma uh, on their own. And I think together they could kind of, you know, lean on each other cause they've been through, you know, somewhat similar experiences. And I just it kind of fit once I started thinking about it, it just kind of felt like it naturally fit. Um, so, you know, from that point on, you know, the act of actually teaming them up uh, really wasn't that hard. It kind of came naturally, um, comes very naturally through, you know, uh, don't ever forget. Uh, so then when they're when they're a full fledged team in, in tell me the truth, you know, if the reader's been following everything from the first book, um, it's a very natural progression to where they are today. Looking for a tool to help you visualize your story before the drafting begins? PlotPins is cloud-based and optimized for any device. There's nothing to download. From the new writer who isn't sure how to tell their story to the veteran who can increase their productivity dramatically, we've had experienced writers lay out a detailed structure for several novels in a series in a matter of a few days. The app takes you through four steps of the process concept or logline. Make sure you have a solid concept that you can keep coming back to throughout the process. The outline, 12 beats and three acts, each has a description of what should be happening with examples. The board, 40 cards. We take the 12 beats and add sub-beats to those, breaking it down even further and being very specific about what should go into each. These also have examples and descriptions. Right. We take those 40 cards and turn them into a to-do list. For a 50,000-word book, it's about two cards per chapter, roughly. We have a beautiful editor built into the app. You can export your manuscript to a PDF anytime with the click of a button. Let PlotPens help you visualize your writing project. Use code HANK10 
to get 10% off plot pens. Plotpins.com. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20 or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. This uh, Tell Me the Truth is your fourth novel the, that's published, right? Correct. Um, how do you feel like that your your creative process has changed over four books? Um, do you do you have more of a um, uh, a solidified daily routine um does is there anything that you do now that you wish you would have known to do or uh, habits that you form that you wish that you had when you first began yes and no for the most part i'm still i still pretty much have the same routine uh, i'm pretty pretty militant when it comes to um scheduling time to write uh when i'm writing a book i write every day uh 7 days a week um you know, even holidays, if I can sneak an hour downstairs while the family's, you know, opening Christmas gifts or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I am, uh, you know, so that part of it, you know, the schedule, the commitment, the sitting my butt in the chair for at least an hour a day uh, has always been there. So that's that's not an issue. I think the one thing that's a little bit different, you know, once you're published is you're writing knowing that people are going to read this. Where, you know, when you're trying to get published, you're writing, hoping you can land an agent and, you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you don't think anybody's ever really going to read it or it's a it's a hope, but it's not a it's not a certainty. And so it, it took me a, a couple of books to let go of that extra pressure of, you know, oh, the fans going to like this or, the, you know, can I pick up new readers if I go this way? Um because you know it's going to be published. You know people are going to read it. So I started to psych myself out in the beginning, just kind of worrying about if the if the fans would would be into whatever I'm writing. And I was able to, you know, by the third book, kind of let that go and just accept the fact that 
you know, I'm, I'm going to write what I'm going to write based on how I feel the characters um, need to progress in whatever crime they're solving. And, um, you know, the result has been, you know, the fans seem to love it. The feedback has been great. So uh, I guess I'm doing it the right way. <laughs> well, one thing that I love about this series in particular and these characters is that um, they're definitely character driven books like they're they're um, we go, uh, you know, along for the ride with Adler and, Dw- and, and Dwyer and and, you know, we're learning more about them as characters as we learn about the other people in the stories. And, and it's uh, it's a great vehicle for uh for getting to know these characters and to uh, to to get more of their kind of big meta story, um, but then books like Don't Ever Forget, there's a um, uh, there's a really interesting plot point, um, and it deals with failing memory and uh, and Alzheimer's disease, and you know the the title Don't Ever Forget really alludes to that. Um, do you often come up with um, this uh, an, an idea that you really want to explore like you know what would it be like to have a murder mystery but someone that we really need to get information from has failing memory you know and then you know the, you know the uh, action ensues from there um do do you start off with kind of a, a what if scenario and and start playing out those games so my my genre for lack of a better term is um psychological thriller mixed with a police procedural so you'll always get you know one half of a kind of character driven psychological thriller with a you know kind of a an idea or a message in there uh mixed with the you know adler and dwyer actual investigation police procedural and um and and the fans seem to really like that i enjoy that very much because it, it gives me the opportunity to kind of show the audience kind of both sides of the investigation. Um, and that's just, that's just fun to write. Um, in terms of, you know, coming up with the idea or a message or anything like that, typically, to be honest with you, um, I, I usually come up with a scene and a scene will just pop into my head and I'll have no idea who these people are or why they're there or what happened it's just a scene so for don't ever forget um the scene that popped into my head was there was an old man sitting in a basement and a couple came down the stairs and he thought they were his kids but they weren't his kids so i was like oh that's a you know that's a cool idea why is the old man in the basement who are these people if they're not his kids why does he think they're his kids so then it kind of you know i start asking myself these questions and it kind of you know, um, expands on on what the idea for the actual book might end up being. Um, for tell me the truth, the the scene that popped into my head was there was a a wife sitting on the edge of the bed, kind of covered in blood, and the husband is sitting next to her, asking her what happened, but she's you know kind of shocked and catatonic and and won't tell him. And so you know. I kind of deconstructed from there. And who is this woman? Are they married? Why doesn't the husband know what's going on? Why is she covered in blood? You know, what's going on? And then kind of went from there. So I usually come up, you know, my ideas come to me in the form of one scene. And then if the scene is powerful enough, I'll start, you know, asking myself the questions and deconstructing from there. And, you know, sometimes it's, 
it comes out into a book that you're reading and sometimes it gets put in the back pocket maybe for a future idea to expand on or if, if you know or perhaps it wasn't even a good enough idea to keep thinking about when you have those ideas uh, you know a scene comes to you um do you write those down do you, do you have like a notebook that that just you know is riddled with these various scenes that you're waiting for you know inspiration or whatever to 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 take over I so the old way I used to do it was I would tell myself, well, if if it's meant to be a book, the scene will stick with me, and I will start to think only about the scene, and I won't help, I you know, I won't be able to help myself from answering these questions and and deconstructing what everything is, and then that will be then that'll be the way I know that that's going to be a book. Um, having been published and having to remember books that I've written. When I'm in, and then you know being in the process of writing a book or perhaps being in the process of the of the editorial you know back and forth with my editor with rewrites and edits um, you know I I've starting to write the better ideas down for that exact reason because even though they're strong um, you know I don't I might forget them because I'm you know interviewing about a book that I wrote two years ago I'm editing last year and I have an idea for a new book that I want to write so it tends to get a little jumbled up so I will uh I'll definitely write down the the stronger ideas now And, and yes I have a notebook filled with you know little questions or little scenes or something you know a sentence or two nothing crazy uh just to remind myself to kind of go back to that scene once I can clear my head a little I've asked people that question before and, you know, their answer might be, um, well, I never write it down because if it's a worthy um, idea, it, it will stick. And and I'm thinking to myself, but sometimes I forget my kids' birthdays and and that doesn't mean that they're not important. That means I have a horrible memory. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm right there. With you. <laughs> right. So um, one of the things, one of the hallmarks of your books is that you uh, you know, when when you turn to page one of that book, boy, you are you are in the thick of it. You you drop us right into the story. Um, how important is it to hook readers, um, you know, right off the bat? And and I'm I'm thinking about um, uh, a, a conversation that I had with Terry Brooks um, about uh, you know who wrote the 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 Shannara series of books, and and he was talking about when he first began. Um, Back in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, that that uh, fantasy stories uh, that like he writes um, that that there were, you know, a hundred pages of story before anything really happened. And and you could do that then. And now the reader's taste have changed and people expect different things from books. And you really have to hook readers in the beginning to to make them want to give you that hundred pages to, to start unfolding a story. Um, how, how do you think about, um, uh, about, you know, hooking a reader into the story and, and, you know, when you're going through the editing process, what do you do to, to build that buy-in? So I, I'm kind of known for my beginnings and I attribute that to, and I, that was not on purpose. Uh, the first book just happened to get right into it. And um, then I wrote the second book, uh, I Know Everything, and that kind of started out where um, it kind of hooks the reader in. And my editor 
wrote on my Amazon author page that Matthew Fowl read uh, writes some of the best opening chapters I've ever read in my career. So I said, okay, I guess now I have to write really good opening chapters from now on. So the pressure's on me. So, um, so in the in the last two books, it has become um, you know a, a premeditated act to kind of open the book with a with a scene where you're like you said you're right in it. Um, it's been fun. I, I like that. I, I will say I do miss the days of being able to gradually get into a story uh, like they did in the 70s and 80s, because I genuinely believe um, if a reader gives a writer enough time to kind of build up to the story and the writer is good enough at it that you will pull for that character a hundred times more than you would today. Because Absolutely. you just don't have the opportunity to really, you know, dive into that character as a person um, like you did back in the day. But I get it. I mean, between all the different media out there, you know, the fact that a reader would even give us a couple of minutes of their busy day, um, you know, to read one of our stories is, a, you know, a blessing in and of itself. So I'm very grateful for that. And I will I will write to however they want to read the thriller. And, you know, these days, the the point of the thriller is to keep those pages turning anyway. So, you know, yeah. I, I hook them with the first chapter. I throw them right into it. They don't know what's going on, which is, you know, the goal. And then we kind of go from there. And, um, you know, my objective with my editor from day one has been, you know, don't give them a place in the book to put the book down for the night. And, you know, a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback that I get is that they read the book in one day. And I think that's a, a huge compliment, you know, even though it took me a year to write it, they read it in one day, which, you know, I wish they could <laughs> enjoy it a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I mean, th but if your goal is to have those readers turn in the pages, then, you know, mission accomplished if they, if they read it in a day. And a lot of my readers read the book in a day. So I consider that a compliment. Absolutely. And and speaking about, you know, vying for readers attention, um, you know, we're we're also living in a time kind of the golden age of of television um, where where people are telling stories in, you know, six, eight, ten chapters, if you will. Um, you know, I'm thinking about uh, shows on Netflix or things like that where you've got maybe, you know, eight or ten episodes uh, to to tell a story and, and people have gotten used to binging those and, you know, you may have a rainy weekend or something and you, you go all the way through a series. And, uh, do, do you feel like that, that, that is influencing the way people read and the way that people, um, expect stories to come? Uh, do, do you see any bleed over from, you know, kind of how other, other ways that we're entertained are affecting the way we write books and market books and things like that? I don't, although that doesn't necessarily mean you're not onto something. Um, I just think in general, our lives are so much busier than they ever were. And there are so many distractions throughout the day and so many opportunities to get your entertainment from different places that I think everyone involved in the entertainment business needs to kind of, you know, pare down what they normally would to, you know, a bite-sized piece of whatever it is that the consumer is consuming. So, you know, whether it's a book, they, you know, they want you to get right to the point and, you know, unless you're Stephen King, don't necessarily want to sit down to a 700-page novel. 
Um, you know, if you're a if you're a show, they'd like it all the episodes dumped at once so they can binge it, and they don't necessarily want 15 episodes. You know, you know, seven, eight, nine episodes will do. So I think everything is being condensed um, just so they could, you know, have that experience in watching the show, reading the book, you know, watching the movie, what have you, um, and then kind of move on to the next thing or move on with their day to day. So you know, in the grand scheme of things, to me, it makes sense. Um, yeah. I think we are losing some opportunity to really develop characters that the you know audience can buy into. I see that you know greatly in movies. Um, you know, half the time we're I'm halfway through a movie and I don't even really know who the main character is because right. <laughs> the the you know the director is just you know pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, but again, I think that's just a sign of the time. So it's yeah. neither right nor wrong. Just it is what it is. You mentioned um, a, a little bit ago um, that, you know, when we're talking about ideas that that you're doing press now for a book that you wrote probably a couple of years ago and and then, you know, went through all the editorial process that goes into that. And then, you know, we know that that publishing a book once it's finished can still take a year for it to come out to the reading public. And, and by that time. You've been working on probably a couple of different projects uh, since then. Um, looking back on, you know, to us, uh, tell me the truth is a brand new book. Um, you probably ha- are are thinking about other things now. Um, how are these characters doing uh, in in the future, or what is now your present? But for you know us, the the reading audiences, uh, the future. Um, how are these characters doing and and what do you foresee um you know how how long do you do you think that there'll be um characters that you want to write about so i have written a standalone um so that's kind of in the editing shopping phase now okay. um so I took a, a little break from um, Susan and Liam, uh, not to say that I don't plan on going back to them. I actually have two cases that I think would be perfect for them. Um, and I will continue writing them as long as Thomas and Mercer you know, wants to publish them. Um, I think they have, I think they're the type of characters that have the ability to have longevity. So it really comes down to, you know, the fans wanting more and the publisher wanting to publish more. Um, but as far as me coming up with cases and exploring them as characters and, and partners and friends uh, in the future, uh, I, I don't see a, a, an issue with that at all. I, I think that they're the types of characters that people will want to continue to read. And as long as they do so, I will want to continue to write. It's fantastic. Well, tell me the truth is out available everywhere now. When you're hearing this uh, in Kindle edition, of course, or paperback, uh, also audiobook. Um, ha- have you listened to the audiobook of Tell Me the Truth yet, Matthew? I have. And so I believe her name is Cynthia Farrell, is the narrator. Uh, and she has been the narrator on the last three Susan Adler books I Know Everything, uh, Don't Ever Forget, and Now Tell Me the Truth. And the fact that her last name is Farrell is a complete coincidence. <laughs> I thought that was great. I mean, what are the odds, you know? But right. uh, I have listened to them. She does a great job. Um, the Chris 
Pruilla, I think is his last name, did the narration on the first book, What Have You Done? And they really all have done a fantastic job. And, um, you know, really just as engaging um, listening to it as it is reading it. So whatever format you prefer, uh, you'll be in good hands. Absolutely. And we're going to put links to those in the show notes uh, to make it easy for folks to find. Uh, Matthew, if people are, are just learning about you and want to you know, follow along with what all's going on, where can they connect with you online? So the easiest place is to just Google Matthew Farrell author and you'll have access to all of my social media, the interviews I've done, the reviews of my books and everything. Uh, but specifically, my website is mfarrellwriter.com. My Facebook is Matthew Farrell Books. My Twitter is at M. Farrell Writer. And my Instagram is M. Farrell Writer Books. Excellent. We'll link all those up to make it easy for folks to find you. Matthew, uh, this has been so much fun chatting and catching up. Thank you so much for taking time to come back on the show. Thank you for having me again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no farther than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started.